I'm not vibrating my lips that hard. It's almost like I'm, I'm going, instead of going, I'm going. Hey everybody, welcome to the Hoyt Bow Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Ferris. I got my sidekick, Evan, with me today. And uh, I want everybody to welcome back to the show, Mr. Bro- Mr. Bo Brooks, um, now world champion elk caller, Bo Brooks. Um, Bo, congratulations, coming, man. Congratulations. Man, I, I can't thank you enough. I got lucky. Oh, uh, <laughs> I don't, I beg to differ. Um, dude, yeah, I, I shared that video of yours, and um, I'm sure that there was tons of people that did. But literally, I, was that like your final, you know, caller's choice call that you put together right there? But, um, was it was the one I posted? If it had cow calls in it, it was. Yeah, that's it my was, final yeah. freestyle. Yep, it was the yep. final freestyle. And dude, I, when I reposted it, I just put, "Is it is it real? Is it a real bull, or is it bo- <laughs> just bow?" You know, like, <laughs> dude, that was freaking. Awesome. And I, I can't even imagine what it was like sitting inside the auditorium. Now, one thing that I want to ask you is I, yeah, I noticed that you're pointing that call right at the floor. And I'm sure that everybody does that to reverberate. But does that just do you ever do that when you're actually out calling elk? Uh, no, 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 because uh, it no. doesn't bounce off the same way. No, I, I, I mean, I, we've got the trees and stuff, you know, yeah. it sounds so good already. Uh, um, I mean, I do, that's one of the, actually kind of my, it took pictures at the end. It's kind of my signature thing. I blow, I take it across the floor. Not many people do that. And it just makes it twice as loud. Um, Dude, I was blown away. I yeah. seriously, I was blown away. That was I, so your lip bump is just mind boggling, dude. I didn't did turn the volume down on my phone. <laughs> You know, and, and I, you know, I, I appreciate that, you know, and that was something that, I mean, I, and I, I've told you before when I've jumped on this podcast, I don't do a lot when I'm actually hunting, Yeah. but I mean, you can see why it's just, oh, oh dude, it was like, a, it, it, it's, I would have, I, if I was in the woods there, you would have me stalking in on you for sure. I'll be for running. Sure. There wouldn't be a stock. I'd be running in yeah, on that. I know, dude. Like, there's a bull. There's Close the distance bowl. as quick as possible. Oh. I, I, have, I have more fun calling people in sometimes. And, and, and I mean, it's always fun. I had one guy last year. I was with the bass fisherman, um, Brandon Ponick, and he, 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 we were calling it, calling this spot. There's thought there were some bulls that I kept hearing. Hoochie Mama said, I'm going to call him in. He walked up and he gets, gets into about 20 yards. He takes his hat off. And a little and walked off. <laughs> you know I, what? It, it's all fun, though. I mean, everyone is fun. I mean, I, I'm gonna steal that guy's move the next time. I've I've only been called in a couple of times, and one of them was by a guy who uh, uh, it was cow calls, and I thought they were real cows, you know. Mm-hmm. But if I if that ever happens to me again, I'm gonna do the exact same. Take my hat off. Tip my hat. Tip my hat. Give him a bow and leave. (laughs) I've been called in a lot. I mean, honestly, and that goes back. I mean, dad always told me growing up, he said, you'll get, there's a lot of times that you'll think that that's a person and you just look over it and it turns out it's a bull. And so, you know, I stick, I keep optimism, but there's, if I, if I hear power bugle, I know I'm pretty sure most of the time it's the chuckle of a power bugle can usually set it off for me. Yeah. Well, Honestly, I have been, I, I have had more times where I thought it was a hunter and I was almost sure that it was a hunter and I went to it just in case and it ended up being elk. And I I think the last podcast I talked about this, there was one where I, I would have bet you my life savings darn near that this dude had a bite and blow cow call. And that he was just going, nah, 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 you know, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that hunter is competing with us for this bull. We've got to beat him to the bull. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I go like storming in there because I'm certain that this is a this is a hunter. And it ended up being a cow. It, it did was, you, did you end up a, a pissed off cow. <laughs> no, uh, actually, that cow, he went to that cow and I thought. I was like, 
dude, I can't believe he's going to this Hanyak that is super <laughs> stupid sounding cow call. You know what I mean? I'm yep. over here speaking sweet love to him and and he ignored me and he went straight to her and i was trying to cut him off and when i got there he he, he was on a couple of cows the worst and, the worst callers in the woods are bulls are the, elk, are the elks themselves yeah. Yeah. no that's the truth that's the truth i think that the one thing to keep in mind i love that you brought that up is he walked right past you you can sound as good as you can oh that's yeah now he's heard his whole like that's his cow yep. and yeah. so just the same thing with turkeys like you have that Bite and blow cow call. Don't throw it away and don't think it's not going to work. Be willing to try it every once in a while because you could just strike a chord and that could just be all it takes to roll it up. And come walking in. Dude, John Severson from, from rage broadheads. We were hunting one time here in Colorado and he literally had a duck lanyard around his freaking neck full of bite and blows. And I, you know, <laughs> half of them had the freaking tone chamber ripped off of them or whatever. And when we were back at camp, he's blowing on them things. And the guy's from Minnesota. And I'm just like, shut, shut up, John, shut up. <laughs> and we go out there into the woods and, and it, long story short, once again, I am, I am making sweet, seductive love calls to this, to this bull. And he won't answer. He, like he won't give us a clue where he's at. And finally, John's like, and he always makes fun of me because of the faces that I make when I'm or or when I get ready to do one and then I decide not to. And it, you know what I mean? Like he makes fun of me relentlessly. That's well, he I finally can actually, says, I can see Danny in that situation, too. Oh, dude. He finally <laughs> says, Ferris, do you mind if I try? I know I'm just a novice or whatever. And I was like, yeah, go ahead. And he literally grabs one of those bite and blows. And to me, it's it sounded ridiculous, you know, just. Nah, nah, nah. and he and he stepped on it you know the volume was like way up there man our camera mics you know we're just going bananas there everything was turning yellow and that bull screamed i mean stepped on him screamed right back at him and i couldn't get him to pipe up hmm. so it taught me a lesson taught yep. me it you know taught me a lesson use the different uh use the different sounds and you, yep. Just like a turkey that might prefer your box call to your to your slate or your mouth call, you know, same thing. Exactly. exactly. But I do I do the same thing that he does when I when I go in. I've got my bino harness, and I think I've got seven or nine different diaphragms, and I bet I've got another seven to nine different bite and blow or read calls between between the pouches there and in my pack. Is I mean, same thing. Yep. If I if I get in on a bull and he's not talking, switch him out. Dude. Exactly, exactly. That's I'm one hundred percent. I'm not. I'm not making fun of nobody anymore. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm I'm not. But um, anyway, congratulations on your world championship. I know that you have been close on several uh, occasions. What is your best finish prior to this year? I've been second. It's always it usually comes down to Corey and I. So, yeah. well, you know. well, was it was it last year or two years ago? You were second by literally one point, half a point. Yeah, half a point. Jeez. Yeah, yep. and this this year, this year I I um I couldn't I couldn't do anything wrong. It was just a good year. Um, and uh, I won won all of mine by quite a bit. You know, so it was just my year. You know, so some years you got your year and. Uh, um, I just, that, that gave me a lot of confidence in my final round to actually go pretty crazy with everything and, and actually just show everyone what I could do because I've kind of scaled back my calling a lot the last few years, you mm -hmm. know, because I don't want to blow over people's heads. You know what I mean? If that makes sense, you know, just kind of, I like to set the, set the stage, show them clean, show that now I'm like, okay, they, they know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to show them what else I can do. Yeah. Right. Last, right. Last round or two with, with, with I, I had Corey the second to last round, and um, and then Tony. So it was now good. Corey, Corey, he finished kind of low this year, didn't he? Well, for him anyway. Did was he third or or fourth? He wasn't second, third. right? Third. He was third. Which yeah, I, so I mean, him and I Corey. called for that op that option for, so he couldn't have got second if he called against me. Oh, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. I, I got see to the finals and then he had to get pushed down. So, right, 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 right. I mean, I talk about, and it, it was, what was so cool this year is there was a lot of really good callers. 
Like it was, I was really impressed with the amount of good callers. I was just super, I didn't, it was just so awesome. Everyone was so nice, man. It was just a great year. So just nice. my wife and my, my wife was there, my, my mom, my dad, my brother, you know, no, they, normally I do it on my own, mm-hmm. you know? So it was pretty cool that everyone was there. Well, dude, I wish that, like I said, I wish I'd been there. I was so impressed. I was so impressed with the videos that you posted. Like it was your bark at the end of that one. The freestyle was just like, holy smokes, dude, there, it must've knocked people's hats off in the, in the front row, you know? Yeah. Um, I I appreciate it, man. I, and honestly, I'd like to say that, I mean, as far as like all the different types of calling, and I've been after this for a while, you know, it's, yeah. and it's, especially being that close, it's just feels really good to finally it's connect. You know what yeah. I mean? Just that, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm like, I'm like, man, should I keep doing this? I'm like, you know what? I'm going to keep doing it. I'm not going to stop, you know, eventually one of these days. And, and I mean, I, I threw in a bunch of stuff that I'm just like, this is Elky. I, I won that first round. And I'm like, I think that this is a year that it's not going to go over their heads. You know what All I right. mean? Yeah. Okay. It, and explain over your over their heads just a little bit better, like uh, like you're getting too fancy, too fancy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And that's okay. all there, all it is to it. You know what I mean? Okay. It's, there's a lot to process behind the curtain. You know what I mean? Sure. And so sure. If I'm going <laughs> like just doing crazy stuff and just sounding crazy. It may sound to them like it's not put together. You know what I mean? Or right. or it's a sound that they've never heard before. And I right. mean. That's, that's possible with everybody. I guarantee there's stuff that y'all have heard that I've never heard before, you know? And so it's, it's, it's all this in between here and it's, that's just how it goes. So your focus this year was sounding clean, clean. Yep. This last few years, I've been really trying to just clean it up, not go too crazy. Then the last two rounds, I'm like, I'm going to go clean, but I'm going to, I'm not going to do the same sound twice. I'm going to make them, I'm going to show them exactly what I can do. Right. Nice. Right. So So usually when that was my next question for you, and I want to move on to like real world elk calling and not just competition calling, but I'm so intrigued by it. And it isn't every day that you get to sit here and and have a captive audience of a world champion every day where he has to answer your questions. Um, But uh, honestly, like when you, when you do mess up, when you're competitive calling it, it, do you feel like the last few years it has been because you tried to get too, too fancy or were there ever times where you just didn't hit it? Like for whatever reason, like maybe got nervous or, you know, I'm I'm nervous every time. I don't, if elk calling, I can, it can be forgiving though. For me, I know how Mm -hmm. to, if I feel something going on, I can make it sound like something else because elk mess up, man. I mean, that's all there is to it. You know, the hardest thing that I always play a really, it's a really hard note to get. And the reason I do it is to show people what I can do is that high pitch bugle that I do. The highest of the high is just. Yeah. And not breaking it all on that is so hard. And so, I mean, it's, I, I have, I messed up before I had one time and it was last year that my call actually cut out. It wasn't because anything I was doing spit got in there. You know what I mean? And when you get spit in there, that's what happens. And I just made it sound like something though. I went, I started feeling it going like that. No, and it did a whole bunch of crazy stuff to make it sound like an elk. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, um, I mean, as far as cow sounds go, I don't, I just don't mess up on cow sounds very like truly. I really don't mess up on cow sounds. It's, Cows, the cow sounds are it's ingrained in my head. Like I just do them. You know they're, what I mean? They're free throws. Yeah, they're free throws. The, the bugling was where it gets a little. It's. I mean, the 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 crazy stuff that I do. The lip balls are not hard for me. I mean, I just I they're, they're in there too. But the high pitch, you know. I kid you not. I wish I, I wish I could find more control of that. And, and you, I know that you don't use it in the field that often. And, and I probably wouldn't use it in the field that often any, either, but like, I've got a couple buddies that whatever. I'm raising my hand. I'm guilty of it. <laughs> I you, use, Oh, I use that sucker. Well, yeah. and I've I, Steve Fernandez, buddy of mine, he's got a, he's got a really cool sound in one. And even if it's just for dibs over your buddies, 
Yeah. You know what I mean? It's cool yeah. to be able to do it. And I just I use it for calling people in. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like um I, I there's sometimes where I can hit it perfectly, but I don't I just don't have control of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. More I need more practice. I I I wish I had more insight, honestly, on t- how to do it better. Honestly, I've just always been able to do it. And I just my dad did it one time when we were going down the hill. I don't know how he knew how to do it, but he, I, what are you doing, man? Like that sounded really good. Yeah. And he, and, and I, and I saw what he was doing, you know, just <laughs> buzzing his yeah. lips. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to figure that out. So I, I, I have some insight. Honestly, there's different tubes in the mouth on different tubes and how they're cupped and the size of them means yeah. a ton. Like mm-hmm. uh, for a long time there, I couldn't get it to go at all. It's kind of like playing a trumpet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. And you, you've, you've, you're blown into it the exact same way. And it seemed like the, the tubes that had the cup on it, it was more like the mouth of a trumpet for lack of a better comparison. That's smaller, far easier for me to do it in. And it just, my lips continue to vibrate at the same momentum. Let's put it, you know, mm-hmm. at the, and it, I don't, I still don't have control of it. But that, the, the, the thing that I do a lot is like on my, I'll do it for you guys. Let me see here. This is rip it. Do a rip low it. Pick, oh. a low pitch one. You do it. You, I take my tongue and I almost like a you where I go. <laughs> here I'm starting it instead of going. Yeah. See. <laughs> Instead of that's probably putting, part of I'm my problem. Less pressure on the call. <laughs> Holy so, moly, and dude. so I'm just getting off it. Now I'm not. Put, I'm not vibrating my lips that hard. It's almost like I'm. I'm going instead of going. I'm going. Okay, no. well, and it keeps that it keeps that tone a little bit lower too. Exactly, and that's a, and I, I like I said, it's not that I don't use this. You know, there's times when I get in a meatball and I'll use right. something like that, and it's I'm trying to sound like a really mean bull. You know, explain explain what a meatball is, and I'm sure that my term for it's a rut fest. But yeah, uh, rut fest, rut fest yeah. meatball when they it's usually it's, it could be middle of the day, right at the, I see it a lot in the afternoon. They all come up same spot. They're all screaming. Could be coming back from a field. They're all screaming everywhere. And you hear 25 different types of bugles or 15 different bugles. It depends how many bulls are in there, but you know, you got to kind of get their attention. But you know, the reason I don't do it like stepping up on the bat, that high pitch bugle just dives so much deeper into canyons for me. If, mm-hmm. if, if that makes sense, you know, I yeah. can, I can reach down in there and, uh, and also I, I just, I just like being a smaller bull and I'm bugling at bugling at elk, you know? Right. Right. But, yeah. Try not to intimidate. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's still, I want to be real. Like I want it to be real, but we'll, we'll dive into all that. We've got plenty, we got time to do it. So, well, so and I'm man, I, we should have gone back and listened to the first one, make sure we don't recover a lot of ground. However, elk season's two weeks away. And for anybody that didn't hear the first one might be good to recover a little bit of that stuff. Um, but you know, when it comes to calling elk, actually real elk out there, um, a lot of people believe there's different, there's like a lost cow versus a, hyperestrous cow versus this versus that. Um, do you have some different, like different bugles, uh, different cow calls that perform different functions and mean, have different meanings to them? So, yeah, I do. And so my thought process is, is the level of emotion that goes into that call. If that makes sense. So mm-hmm. it's not like a Turkey that's clucking, purring, doing all these different things that are super separated. You know what I mean? Right. It's just a variation of that thing. And so like, I like, like, like there's a lost, a lost calf in my mind. I'm saying something, trying to paint a picture of something, you know, a calf on a fence is going, "Eh, eh, 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 eh," you know, 
And something very close to that, but in a different situation would be when a cow is just super fired up and some would call it an estrus cry or whatever, where they go, you know, ending it real low. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, um, it's just, it's just how much excitement you're putting into that, into that call. And then, and then that could be spacing on how many times you do it. That can be, that can be a length of the call pitch, everything like that. And so I've never been as, as far as elk go, I'm, I mean, I've never been real good at naming them. I, Evan, we talked about it earlier. Your buddy is a biologist has really got a good, good Chris idea. Rowe. Chris Rowe. He's, he's yeah. got it. A language like he's got definitions for everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitions for it. Um, I'm not that guy to, to be able to give that definition to you guys. I've spent my, since I was able to walk and I literally mean that I net, I skipped all almost all of September in school with my parents I mean, elk hunting and listening to elk every single day. I just, I, and, and it's so hard for me to, you know, you ask me, what was that? I can tell you the situation, what it means, but I can't, I'm not going to, I can't put a name on it because the, the pitch could just be the cow too. Right. And so right. And, right. it mean right. the same thing, but they're just different cows. Yeah. Right. Different, different levels of maturity. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so, I mean, but there's a difference between a content cow cow call and an excited cow call. And um, I'll have to send you guys that video of that big herd. I think you've probably seen it like 150 cows come running in. You hear 15 different cows and there's 150 cows, but they're all going nuts at one time, but they're all kind of the same pace. If that makes sense. Yeah. You know? Is that, do you have that video on YouTube or anything like that where people can go find it? Um, I don't, it's on my Instagram and it's on my TikTok, but okay. I, 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 um, I should, I really should be up, upload it one of these days. It's a, it's a huge herd of elk and they're right. like, all I started them with is I went. And I hear, and it's just going nuts. But it, but it, sudden, yeah, it, it matched your pacing on that call. Yes. Yes. And then, and then, and then as they all started talking, they're picking up the speed and they're yelling at each other and all of a sudden off of each other. Exactly. Yeah. And so, I mean, am I saying get in the middle of the elk and then just start going nuts? No, not per se, you know, but, um, understanding what they're saying and understanding the understanding the timing. We've said this a hundred times, you know, understanding the timing of it and understanding what you're saying is huge. So you walk in there, and every time you cow call, you go, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, just it, it, it works, it. But, but you don't know, you know, you're just stewing it to do it, not, not save, like I save that for when I really want to get them fired up. Right. Yeah. Well, and it probably depends upon what you're doing. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, is it, do you have a buddy out in front of you who told you keep him talking so that I can get in close? You know what yep. I mean? Yep, exactly. Now you want to do anything that you can to make that bull keep bugling, you know, yep. Um, yep. or are you trying to pull him into you? Are you trying to convince him that he left one of his cows behind? Absolutely. You know, what's your yeah. what's your purpose right there? Yeah, um, what time of the year is it? I mean, it can. Yeah. That can absolutely change. And how many elk are you hunting? It's just, is it this one bull in there? Or is it is it 10 bulls in there? Is so, right. um, as far as we can, well, I think we'll just jump in. I'll start off with a call that works really good for me. And this is something that I use every single day out cutting. It's just your cow call. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so this is just going to be, a, everyone does this. It's a cow, you know, your cow mew. And this is everybody likes to do the EU. Mm-hmm. Stop that, guys! Yeah. We can't. We got. We got. We got to stop that. I want you to drop your jaw when you do it. This is what I'm saying. There is. I'm just. Just. It's cow talk. Yeah. So the right way to do it is to smile and go. <laughs> dropping your jaw. That, that pronounced e Exactly. You're yeah. dropping your jaw. The call's not going to fall off the roof of your mouth. Just drop your jaw, and your tongue will follow with it. And there's a vibration at the end of it that gives that realism, this nasally. And 
The next step to add more realism is to put it out of the side of your mouth. Now, you guys can't see Bo doing this, but literally he went from doing it straight out of his mouth. And then he it, literally the, the left side of his lips were closed and the right side was open and shooting it out the right side of his face. And it's then he does the same thing to the left. Yeah. And yeah. so you're, you're bouncing it off your cheek and then you can give it. You can make it sound like there's more than one cow that way. And that's what I that's what I do. I go the side. And see, there's that pocket that you make when you put your side of your mouth out. Yep. And then, you, I mean, it's it just it's if I can give anyone advice, practice trying to do that, getting it out of the side of your mouth. That is what has made a huge difference in my elk calling. I mean, I've done it since I was a kid. It's just it's it, to me that sounds so much more real. And then you can just do it down the middle, and that's a different cow. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so, it's casting so it. It's yeah. casting it different directions. And you potentially have with one diaphragm in your case, you have three different sounds because like you said, you're casting it right side, left side, center. Exactly. Without, without doing anything, I can do it. I'm not dropping my jaw or anything. Going different directions and sounding like they're coming from different directions. Exactly. And, and it'll have different pitches too. So, um, what, and all I'm doing is I use the tip of my tongue. So everyone else, you'll hear them. They use the middle of their tongue and they put their call back. We, we go, talked about that last time. Yeah. But turkeys. You move it forward behind your teeth and use the tip of your tongue. It's, cris it's crisper too. It, it cleans it up and it cleans mm -hmm. it. And I have more control. That's just me. So guys, you got to find a spot that works for you in your mouth. That's the biggest part being comfortable with it. But man, I'm telling you, that's why I'm, that's why mine sound different for the most part. You know what I mean? Right. right. And so Are, do you, do you have any guys that you compete against that do do it in the middle of their mouth or the back of the tongue? Most, or is most generally everybody, everybody, everybody up front. No, everybody else is back. Really? So, yeah, for the most part. I mean, everyone that I know. I mean, Corey, yeah. he, do, he has a beautiful cow sound, and he's one of the few people that I know that really can run a call with a flat tongue back that right. sounds really good. But, I mean, I, that's, I run it different. I run it right behind my teeth. I run tip my tongue. It's a, it's a different way to do it. I, and this is from years of turkey calling and, and everything calling, you know. I can take yeah. this one call. <laughs> you can do anything with it when you move it forward if i move it back it's Done. It, it's it doesn't help you know what i mean interesting i struggle <laughs> I, like you gave us that advice during turkey season when we were talking about turkey calling you're right evan it wasn't an elk discussion it was a turkey calling discussion and yeah. I, I maybe it's because I've been doing it for 30 years on the back of my that's mouth. I've tried to go. That's definitely it. Yeah. And they, I struggle when I try and take it forward. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And it might just be that I've got to piss my wife off more often and start, you know, practicing more. Well, um, I, and go, so, uh, go that route, Danny. Let me know yeah. how it works for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, ask, I'll ask you guys this. What, um, well, while we're on a cow call, this is something that I've kind of been explaining to people lately. What size elk call are you running? Like, are you running a felt size call? Like, uh, it's, it's the smaller ones. They're, that's that's the that's with the dome. Or are you the running ones like that I use them? the most are the Rocky Mountains, the the mellow yellow, and the, uh, the sure. yeah. So the it's got that one. it's got that flap on it. Yeah. yeah. And so the, 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 guys, this this is something that I I've been telling everyone. This is a big step. Is what we used to use. This it made it easier for you to make the elk sounds. You guys can run turkey calls just fine with this with this bigger size, right? Mm -hmm. I have. I'll see if I have a small one here. You wouldn't believe the difference in a small call versus a big call. So Carlton, my, our calls, they're bigger and they have more depth because there's more latex there. Right. And so all you usually get is. 
out of a out of a um the smaller frame call that's why chuckles are deeper the lip balls are deeper they have more they're fuller is, is this is a wider call like the what i ran for worlds so yeah. your bigger your bigger wider calls are usually the ones that you are more versatile with is what you're saying it's, it's, and i'm yeah i'm the only person up there on stage that's not running a small dome call so right. so when i was running like the preston Pittman turkey yes. calls yes. like that that bigger frame lots of lots of tape and and contact yep. that was why i was getting so much more versatility out of a single call was there's more latex there to work with absolutely and to get more depth out of it so i don't have one here let me see um you know and that's a that's a thing i've been telling people and it took a while for me because i'm hearing I know how good a lot of these guys are and I'm hearing, I'm just hearing something that's not there. The chuckles and a few of these things. And I'm like, man. And then I went out and I got some, I went and after years of not using them. Some, uh, some of the other calls, you know, the smaller calls out there and I actually built a bunch of them, uh, of the smaller ones. And I just couldn't get the, like in this cow call. That two note. Yeah. Yeah, you know it's really real, and then the, then my chuckles too. It wasn't. It was. <laughs> if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, so, yeah. So you just, can get the low tones as as well. Yes, exactly. It's 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 there. It's twenty percent more, thirty percent more, because you've got twenty or thirty percent more latex. Right. And right. So and so you can do more with it. You're not handicapped. I actually sent some to my buddies at um at a Sika the other day, and I'm like, hey man. You, just trust me. Try it. Event. It's going to be a little weird at first, but you're going to. And he texts. He's like, "Dude, the chuckles right off the bat are right. just better." You know, and that's just if people are looking for that next step. You know, is trying to try try one of those bigger frame calls. You know, mm -hmm. you have more versatility with them. I mean, that's telling my secret from why I have. I'm at Worlds. I sound a little bit different. You know what I mean? It's just. Mm -hmm. I think that. Uh, it's something that it took me a few years to kind of figure out. I was just wondering, like, man, and I started building them. And, and I mean, they're awesome. Like the smaller frame ones for calf calling for some cow sounds, for high pitch bugling or high pitch awesome. stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. pitch stuff. It's just easy. It's real, real simple. Um, but then when you try and get that lower stuff that really sets you apart in the woods, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, I, that's like, I mean, I thought that I'd get, I was just thinking about that. I'm like, I'd love to give insight. This is a great spot to give some insight to people on, on that. Would, would so, it be fair? Oh, go ahead. Ed. I was just say, so, so on that then, Bo, like where we had talked about running different diaphragms and, and reads and having that toolbox on you during hunting season, like, do you have a smaller frame read that you run to make some of those calf sounds so that when you're doing the herd talk and trying to you know pull that bull in you can you can pop that in real quick and hit those higher notes i i don't um but i think that people should i mean it's just but i i can just i can just do it on this it's just it's just natural you know what i mean you're you're but, used to having that wider more open frame enough that you can still get the the tones and the pitch out but, of it but my buddies it's it's perfect like I mean, if I couldn't do it on a, on a larger frame one, I would 100%. That's what I right. would be doing. Right. And, and so there's no doubt. But I, I think that that's what my, my friend call, um, called me the other day. He's like, I got these small, super small frames. The calf calling is amazing. I'm like, perfect. Put it, in your, put it in your pocket all season because I call in a lot of elk calf calling. Yep. So I think yeah. that's a good segue into the calf calling part of it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so, uh, what are you, uh, what do you usually use calf calls for? Like when, what would name a scenario where you would start blowing a cow, a calf call instead of a cow call? I've had a few different ones. I love calling cows in mm -hmm. like cows are talking, yeah. you know, cow calling isn't going to, isn't always going to cut it, man. I think that, I think you'd be better off calf calling at them because you'll turn one of them. Mm -hmm. And then you got the whole herd. You know what I mean? And so like a lot of times I, I get in there and I go. <laughs> and just do a high pitch calf call. And that's a lost calf guys. So for, I mean, there's, there's other calf calls when you're just doing herd talk and just. 
but it's, I, I like it's just like a muir chirp just shorter exactly. in length and higher pitched higher pitched exactly but i love that is one of my favorite sounds elk hunting is that higher pitch especially in scenarios um you know elk are coming up from the field you're above them uh-huh. you're trying to steer them what uh-huh. this way or that way start calf calling at them and get them get them lined out your way because i've had them on fences before and had them cross you know, where they're walking away, it's about, it's kind of my last resort because the bugle is not going to a lot of times mm-hmm. turn him around if he's following those cows off, you know, get in there and make him, make them cows come running in. And it's just like, just like turkey hunt, just like anything, you get the cows, you've got the bull. The the funny thing is the first elk that I ever called in and I, I must've been like 14 years old was a cow. And it was probably because I, it, I really couldn't run that call very well. And yeah. all I could really do was, was pretty high, high pitch. pitched, but uh, whatever I said to her, I think that she, you know, thought that her calf was being left behind or something like that because she turned about face and ran literally up to like three yards and, and suddenly saw me and like split, you know, spit rocks on me, you know, grind, mm-hmm. and it was, it was intense and it was awesome. And it kind of led to me falling in love with it now unfortunately there wasn't a bull with her you know there was yeah. a couple, i was going up he, through the he, trees he would, but we would follow her i mean it's not every time guys you know yeah. what i mean it's not oh, every yeah time. but there's a lot of times if you turn on turn that lead cow or you turn the right one that's it's a it's a f- great tool and i mean i've also got bulls screaming with it before too you know uh-huh. actually my little brother um has a little bite and blow. My little brother doesn't even hunt. He doesn't, but we used to, we used to force him to go with us. Right. And he, he, he was, we were sitting there on this hill and the elk are coming up from the field and he had this little itty bitty bite and blow. It's like this long. And I, uh, and I'm like sitting there calling, they aren't answering. And he hits this stupid bite and blow and it goes, eh, eh, and it's just bleh, down in the can. I'm like, what? The- <laughs> I, I understand i understand and, and 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 then and then all of a sudden my i look back my brother's gone he's down in there in the middle of them i mean he's uh-huh. like nine yeah. i mean he's just down there he's, and I'm, i chase after him like justin get out of there and uh and i don't know i we ended up turning him around and but the, i mean i went went out and bought one mm-hmm. so and i mm-hmm. and so i mean and that's a that's another thing i mean you can have it a mouth call to do it this all this stuff, but having a good like those little tiny calf bite and blows is mm-hmm. awesome because it's just more volume. Mm-hmm. And I said it, the the way it carries, like it exactly. can cover some ground that your diaphragm is not going to. No, right. no, and then when you get in tight, then you can try with your diaphragm, and that doesn't work. Hit them up again with it, and there's a lot of times that they'll just blow up. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I've and I've talked to some guys that they'll use that bite and blow because of the tone in the pitch and, and how much distance that call is going to cover. And they'll get that bull working. And as they think that bull is coming in, they switch to their diaphragm yeah. and all of a sudden the bull shuts up and he quits working. He doesn't care about that pitch and the volume. That's what, that's what hooked him. He knows what he's coming to. Yes. So don't be, don't be afraid to use that same call yep. when he gets inside that hundred yard mark, because that's, that's what it. he's coming into anyway. I would, um, I urge people, don't be afraid to like, like a great example. This is for any is directional calling. Mm-hmm. So turn around. If you think it's going to be a little loud in his face, just straight behind you. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going to go to that spot, you know, but that little bit of reverb behind you can keep them coming. And I, that's why I have my, I'll have my bugle like on my shoulder here. And I'll just, if I scream it, like there's a bull right in front of me, I'll scream right behind me. Is that's that's it's I, a lot of time I'm calling for myself. I actually all the time I've, you know, calling for yourself. I'm always and, calling for myself, you know, or, right. or someone else. And so, um, it's and and then if if it doesn't work and he's not coming in, then now you have one more thing in your grab bag. He's at a hundred yards. You turn around, light him up that way, you know, right at him. What he's yeah. talking about right here, guys. I, I mean, I cannot tell you how many times that I've that I've seen it where a bull is doing some bugling and he's bugling away from you. You make a couple of calls and for a couple of them, he turns and faces toward you and bugles and you think here he's, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming because he sounds so much closer. And then the next thing you know, he turns and bugles the other direction and you, and you think he's leaving again. 
you know, and I've even I've even made mistakes in the past where I swore that that bull either because of terrain between us Mm -hmm. or because he was just pointing his head the other direction. And it sounds like he's in a completely different position. Well, it's the exact same thing when you point your your grunt tube directly at them versus directly away from them. Um, They're going to know the general vicinity where you're at, but it's it's much more likely that he'll come past you if you're casting your calls behind you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So, so on that note too, um, talking about solo hunting, when you're doing directional calling, if you get one, let's say you're doing more cow calls, you get one lit up. Do you stop calling and slide in 20, 30 yards and wait for him to either respond or physically see him before you make another call. Because if you, if you do that, in my mind, what I've done in the past is make my calls from, you know, back here at this pine tree and then quietly tried to creep up 20, 30 yards and wait because he knows he's already pinpointed my location bull buck doesn't matter when they hear you grunt, when they hear you rattle, when they hear you bugle or cow call, they are already keyed in on that spot so if i slide up and they come in quiet they're looking where i was and that can potentially as a solo hunter give me that opportunity as they slide in looking behind me because i've slid in do you do a lot of that or do you try and angle off what's what is your solo strategy when it comes to your calling um it depends on the time of year you know when they're when they're coming in quiet a lot of times I just sit down in one spot and just listen, call and listen and look and look and look, you know, I, um, and if he answers, you know, I'll, I'll close the gap. And I still, a lot of times I call, I've never actually really tried that much, you know, the not calling, um, is it probably, it could work great. I mean, the, if, if he's bugling and I know he's coming, I won't say much. I know he's mm-hmm. coming up through there. You know, I may say something just, eh, just as quiet as can be just to, get him, you know, uh, angled outright. Um, the best example, it just comes to mind. I was by myself. I just got done guiding and I had a, three days left in Washington season. I hadn't even hunted for myself and I was hunting Cascade Roosevelt's. I went up in the mountains. I called, had a bull come running in, winded me. Dang it. And I'm keep walking. I'm way in the spot. I call, I call, I call, I step on a twig. He lights up below me. Mm. I'm like, okay, this is really thick stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm on a logging road. I'm like, I got to get him on this road. Mm-hmm. So I jump down, run down. I get on the road. I call again. He bugles. Okay. I, I get my bow, get all set up, start ranging. You know, I'm getting ready because I know he's coming now. You know, there's, it's just, it just happened to be, it was the right, it's the right time of year. He was ready to play the game. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, I'm, I'm not going, you know, I'm not going yeah. that I've, I've, I've called him. I stepped on the stick. He bugled. I called, he bugled. He's the balls in my court right now. Mm-hmm. I know what's happening. And so I'm sitting down. I'm thinking all the different ways he can come up. It's super thick ferns. Mm-hmm. How can, how can, I'm not gonna be able to shoot through any of this. And I, I go, I take my cow, I, my mouth call, and I got my bow in front of me. I'm sitting literally in the middle of the road, like just barely off, and you know the grass part of the logging road. And I turn behind me, and I go, and it's about is loud, you know. But I did it behind me. He's so casting the, the yeah, yeah. You, you guys can't see him, but cast he's it up back turning his head real hard and and coming out of the side of his mouth and casting that call behind him down into the other canyon. Yeah. And so he, and at that point, it was loud enough. He kicks it up a notch and he goes, he sounded like a dink at first. I'm like, I don't care. I'm shooting a spike comes in, but then he goes, and I'm like, oh man. And all of a sudden I see his tops coming through. And he did exactly, he comes out in the road, makes it 40 yards. And I'm like, oh yeah, I've got him. And I, I go, yeah, to stop him. He turns and starts walking up the logging road. And now I'm like, oh no. He's, <laughs> I'm like, oh man, what did I do? And so I just went 20, 30, 40, put 20 in, in the kill, 30 in the kill, 40 in the kill. I'm like, I just, right on top of you, and, 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 and end up killing him. But 
being strategic and thinking about what you're doing in that, those situations, you know. Well, and, if you'd have called straight at him, he wouldn't have reacted because in his mind, you're moving away from him. He's got to come get you. It, it, he, and, and yeah, I could be over here. So he's got to eventually cross that road. He's yeah. going to. So he came up pretty much exactly where I was. But if I had just called straight at him, he would have stayed in the thick stuff and paralleled the road. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. so, and so I put a little bit of, and you're calling in your directions, throwing a little bit of mystery into it. That's, what I, you know, yeah. let's, let's come, look, come look for me a little bit. And that's, you know, I've, I've uh, never really had anyone to call for me. And so that's kind of like my insight into the solo hunting, you know, just being, being smart about it instead of just calling straight at him being very directional with your calling dad has that deep timber sounds tube that always turns like this and calls behind he always calls behind him mm-hmm. he Curl, does it curls around his body curls around his body and pull, throws it behind him and right. that and everyone always says they have a hard time with that last 160 yards yeah that's how you can do it you know and silence evan can also be huge if you're getting him yeah. and he's sitting there on the other other side and just looking and you're always looking just shut up yeah. And let make him make the next play. Yep. You know what I mean? And and he'll a curiosity kills the cat, man. And you're in a better spot. If he goes back over the hill, then you're in a better spot to go over there and get on him. You know? I'm gonna ask you the biggest que- the, the the question that I'm asked most frequently, and I've got my opinions on it, but I'm no world champion. Um, so I'm gonna ask you. I get people all the time ask me, should I be I get some people that are like, I'm afraid to blow bull call. I, I call all mine in with cow calls and then other people that swear that they use bull calls more often to draw a bull, actually pull them away and get them to come investigate and people straight up asking, should I, should I be cow calling most of the time? When should I use a bull call? How often should I use it? Um, I know in my opinion, there's different, there's different scenarios, but break that down just a little bit. If somebody asks you that. Oh, man. <laughs> um, you want to sound like a herd or individuals, and should it be male or female? Most of the time, when you get a bull to come all the way in, what are you usually doing? It depends where I'm at. I am not a purist on cow calling or bull calling, man. I am right. not afraid to bugle at them. I'm not afraid to cow call at them. It just depends on the day. If I'm running into the middle of them and trying to be a bull and make him mad, if he's answering mm-hmm. my bugling a lot, a lot of times I'm going to bugle at him. You know, mm-hmm. if he, um, I don't have to bugle at him and he's just ripping back at my cow calls, I'm going to cow call at him. Mm-hmm. If he's just running off every time I call, I'm not going to say a single thing. Right. I'm going to slip in there and I'm going to rake. And sometimes I'm not going to say a single thing and I'm going to get right in his bubble and he's going to run around chasing those cows, trying to get them rounded right. up to get away and going to give me an opportunity then or whoever I've got in front of me. So, you know, man, everyone's got their, um, opinions on it and but at the end of the day they all work i mean the end of the day people kill elk all the time bugling at them people kill elk all the time cow calling at them it's very scenario driven you know if if you know he's a bull by himself you know should you just use cow calls well it's hard to say man because sometimes it could be september 5th and he just came out of the woodwork yeah yeah. Before where I cow call, it was a few years ago. I had this tank of a bull by himself and I didn't know he was a tank till I called him in. Oh, cow call, cow call. And he just kind of go away. Didn't wasn't too worried. Finally, I said, screw it. We ran in there and I just ripped off the gnarliest bugle I've ever ripped off, turned around, screamed, just took it up three more notches. It came running in mm. on September 25th and they're all screaming at each other mm-hmm. and I scream at them and they just take off running. Mm. Because they mm-hmm. heard, I don't care how good of an elk caller you are by that point, a lot of times, and if you, it depends on your public private, you know. Well, but, and sometimes there's yeah. different reasons why they're running from you. Yeah. Sometimes it's because it's a, it, it's a bull who's had another bull come in there and steal some of his cows, and he, he literally just doesn't want to steal, he doesn't want to lose any no. cows mm-hmm. and no. just wants to usher them off. Others are pressured and have had hunters come in on them. There, there's, there's a variety of reasons. And what you've got to do, in my opinion, is try to read the scenario that you're in. It's a temperature. Yeah. It's a temperature yep. gauge, man. Coming off the yep. mountain, you've got time to figure him out. What's he answering? If he's answering other bulls, let him answer other bulls. And just yeah. take 
as a as an opportunity to slip in there. You know what I mean? It's and, funny. You you know us bow hunters. You ask five different experienced elk hunters, and you might get five different answers. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And yep. there's there's some guys that are very successful who have told me I don't bull it. I I almost never bull call at them. You know, almost never bugle, maybe as a locator. And that's about it. I do everything that I do with cow calls and it works for them. But to me, I feel like, man, it's 50 50. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's cow calls that I'm pulling them in with. Sometimes it's bull calls and it depends upon that scenario. And it's very important to know how to do both. That's thank you. That is exactly the point right there. As an elk hunter, man, you've got to have your got to have your grab bag, man. And the more stuff you have in your grab bag, you understand it more, in my opinion. Like, you understand when to use a bull call, when to use a cow call, when not to call. I mean, that's, I've gone back to that a lot. You'll hear me go back to that a lot. In today's world, elk are getting so smart. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of scenarios later in the season where even a cow call could blow the whole herd out. Yeah. And it's, I mean, think about how many times some of these elk have been in on. I mean, it could mm-hmm. be the 50th time they've run into people in the 20 days that season's been open. Right. You know what I mean? And it always starts with a cow call. And so, I mean, I've heard them run off on other elk, you know, it just like, it's, yeah. it's it just really understanding this, the temperature and the scenario early season versus late early season. If it's a small bull with a bunch of cows, I would not suggest bugling at him because he's just right. going to take off running early right. season with a big bull. I, I, a few years ago, I called this bull and ended up killing him later in rifle season. Um, he ended up going 370. I called him in August 28 and bugling the whole way in. August 28, screaming his head off. He had 70 cows and he just left them like it was nothing. Mm-hmm. You just got it. You just got to gauge the temperature of the bull that you're on. Well, and I, you know, I personally am a firm believer that just like with whitetails, for instance, you get at, at the end of October, you get two-year-olds that think the rut is on and they start running around with, with all, of the, all, all of the does chasing them and acting like it's the rut. Um, bulls, I think, are the same way. Those big bulls don't really get excited until the first cows come in. And yep. if he's got 70 cows in front of him, if none of them are hot, he knows that none of them are hot. You know, yeah. if you yeah. made a sound up there and he thinks that it might be a cow that he needs to go smell, yeah. he might just come try and find you. You know, the, the, the best time dad has always told me this. He said the bet. And this is talking, speaking towards the early season elk hunting. The best time to kill a big animal, bull to kill a big bull is the first time you mess with them. Well, first yeah. time. First time they've been messed with. So, right. You know, I hunt some of this lower stuff when I guide, the bulls get pushed off the mountain. They've already been hunted by that point. Mm-hmm, so, yeah. You know, you get on some bulls. Like if you can find them that early season, September 1st to September 10th, there's some giant bulls to be shot then because they haven't found cows yet. If you get them in, if you get them in, uh, if you get them in a scenario uh, that's right, then it'll work for you. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, what are some of those bull vocalizations that you can change the game up on that are more subtle? Um, so, and, and referring to the last podcast we did where you said you have some subtle tactics. I, I have some that I have kind of started playing with over the last couple of years. When I get into a bull I've messed with three or four days and I kind of change some things up, what are, what are some things that you like to go to if you are working a consistent bull that you can kind of flip that script on him. Real subtle, subtle, man, I'm, I'm a big fan of raking. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of, and that's any time of year, but sometimes it's just, because you'll hear that just the times, oh, yeah. yeah. you know, it's, and that's, that's a nice early season tactic. And then chuckling. I mean, I'm a huge fan of chuckling, man. I use chuckling so much. A and lot so, of times where you won't even bugle, you just, you just give them a chuckle. Yeah. And so when I say chuckling, there's, you heard my chuckle earlier. That's like, mm-hmm. a, ah, I mean, that's in the middle of them meatball, but right. Like the low pitch, just, a, <laughs> and guys, it comes, I'm going to do it, but it comes from your stomach, man. Mm-hmm. It goes, 
<laughs> not from, <laughs> you know, that's what I hear a lot. You open your throat up, comes from your gut. <laughs> it's not long. Just let him think about that for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I'll rake a little bit more. Cow sounds. And then I'll throw in maybe a small bull, like a. <laughs> you know, real, real, real pretty. You know, you can hear that. That could be a big bull. That 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 bugle that I just did. Mm-hmm. But that's that's it. Like that's like. Not the kick it up a notch. That's a right, right. That's a, I'm just, just I'm sitting here in my bed, just high pitch. Oh. Yeah, and then I, I end it with some waviness at the end. You know, not not, but a little wave that just I I've just heard it a bunch. You, you know, know, the I I think I said something about this the last time that we talked, but you've been talking about reading the temperature. You know, taking the temperature and trying to uh, trying to match that and. Yeah. A lot of times, in my opinion, um, whether it's in the middle of the day, kind of when they're getting to their bedding area or just getting out of their beds or at the end of the season when they've been pressured some and things like that, it is for a lot of people, it is hard to make these sounds when they're practicing. They're using a lot of pressure and they're good at making them at full intensity. You know what I mean? At at full volume. But it is hard to make some of these sounds subtly and more quietly to take pressure off and and to do them so that you can you know the animal can only hear you from like 100 yards out versus three or four hundred yards out Mm -hmm. and to me it's like it's like the you know um uh the the catholic going into the the rattlesnake church or something like that you know what i mean or the 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 (laughs) rattlesnake preacher coming into the catholic church and literally going bananas, just going at the wrong temperature, going too loud when you need to be quiet, you know, yep. and make yep. subtle calls. But yep. it's something that you have to practice. And it's it's difficult. you got to find sometimes the right read that can be blown with less pressure. So absolutely. And this I'm going to put this out there, guys. Don't throw away your calls at the end of the year. If yeah. they feel like they're getting worn out, those are the best ones for doing that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like, this call is a year old or whatever, you know, it's or two years old. I, I pull them out of the second steal from our turkey calls. I'll cut them up. If they're like a three-year-old call, mm-hmm. the best cow sounds ever. But I'll show you guys, like, how to quietly cow call the easy way. All you got to do is close your lips. Hmm. you're still you're still getting that jaw movement but you are just like tight-lipped so everything stays in so just do that then on a bugle or a chuckle put your your hand over the end of the the, tube of the tube (laughs) it'll cut the volume in half so if you right. can't do it, just pull, do that. Just, I mean, it's just there's little tricks, man. Yeah. 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 And so you're, you're like, I want to gauge this temperature. I'm just going to be quiet, close your lips a little bit. And if, you're, if you want to bugle real quiet at him, just cover part of the end of your tube. Yeah. Well, that, I like your suggestion about chuckles, too. You know, yeah. like, it, I don't know how many times, you know, the first call that you hear in an afternoon when they're first starting to think about getting up out of their beds and everything is you'll just hear this little <laughs> off through the trees. And you're you're like, was that did I hear that or did yep. I imagine that, yep. you know, and then 15 minutes later, you hear a whistle, you know, yep. um, but it, it, man, I think that that works very, very well. So what's your what's your first? Where are you get? Where are you headed first? Man, um, I'm gonna head. Honestly, I don't have a lot of good tags this year. I just got some over the counter stuff, which is, I mean, that's all I've ever hunted, really. So this will be my first year. I'm actually gonna go with my dad a little bit. I never 
really hunt with dad a whole lot when, when it comes to elk season. You know, we, mm-hmm. he's always got these really good tags. I'm going to hunt my grandpa, but he's my grandpa. This will be the first year I've ever hunted with him. He's got a really good tag for, for elk. Mm-hmm. And so I'm pretty excited about that. But man, we got, um, dad's gotten a really good Nevada tag and I've never, never hunted Nevada. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. just, you know, um, I'm really excited to go get, hear some bulls bugle and take some pictures and, but I mean, for me, Washington, Oregon, Colorado, you know, I'll yeah. be, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll go do that. And, you know, I'd I heard Colorado play. wasn't allowing non-residents this year. <laughs> no, uh, that's, that's not, it's <laughs> not true. That, that would, uh, that would Everybody's heart just there. stopped it. <laughs> yeah, um, whatever. But it's, it's, it's pretty exciting. I'm, I'm, um, I'm super excited. This first year I'm not guiding either. So mm. since I was 18, so I'm. Really, I mean, I love guiding more than anything, but this will be a, a cool year to. Well, you kind of are. You're going with your dad yeah. and your and your and your grandpa, and uh, yep. man, it, those guys get to say, "I've got a world champion caller coming and mm-hmm. calling for me." That's pretty sweet. Oh yeah, I'll bet, your, I'll bet your dad was pumped. I'll bet he was. Oh. I'll bet he was pumped. I think he's he was he may have been more excited than me. Dude, the picture the 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 picture of you guys, you know, the whole family up there and everything. You're you could just see it written all yeah. over his face. Dad, uh, dad and dad and I talked about it. He was, I mean, it, coming from my dad, you know, he told me he said you did something that I never could do, and that I mean, coming from my dad, who's shot giant elk and everything in North America. I mean, golly, that's a pretty yeah. cool accomplishment. Uh, and I don't know, he was beyond excited. He is beyond excited. And I don't know, it's really cool to have a dad that, you know, that supportive of everything too. You know, he used to take me to the turkey calling competitions when I couldn't and take me to the elk calling competitions. And Oh, and, yeah. He's the reason you are who you are, for sure. Mm-hmm. He got you interested in this stuff from, imagine if you'd had it. Imagine if you hadn't had him in your life, man. 100%. You know? A hundred percent. He's a, he's, it's, it's, it was a blessing. And then I, I mean, my mom too, she's my hunting partner. My mom yeah. and I hunt together and it's uh all of it came together this year and I'm just so beyond blessed and man. Well, we here at Hoyt are, are, we're happy for you and we're proud of you. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much a, I'm a Hoyt child, man. I, grew, yeah. I was born with a Hoyt in my hand, you know, I'm, that's what I've known my whole life, and I've been literally because your dad's been on staff since ninety three. Ninety three. I was born in ninety seven. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. I, I mean, I literally, I literally, I mean, uh, I got a tattoo of Hoyt on my butt. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> Made in Salt Lake City. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, man. guys, I hope everybody enjoyed it. I mean, man, we could talk to Brooke. We just need to have him on more often and do series of these things. Um, this was cool, though, because it's by the time this posts up, it, everybody's really going to be packing their stuff and getting ready to head out. There'll probably be a lot of guys listening to this while they're driving to their uh, to, to their elk spot. We hope that uh, it fired everybody up and that you got some good advice from from Bo here. Um, it, it, to find him, uh, find him on Instagram at, at bowhunter66, and his, his name spelled B-E-A-U, not B-O-W. So, uh, or <laughs> it's bowhunter66, and some of these videos that he's talking about are, are on uh, his Instagram page, and uh, there's, there, there's a lot that you can learn from him. Um, we enjoyed having you, man, as always. Well, I appreciate it. I always appreciate being on there, and I just hope everybody has an awesome fall, safe fall, and uh, I think it's uh, it's going to be a good year. I mean, last year for me, it was I had to work to get some bulls to bugle. Mm-hmm. So hopefully this year we're going to hear a bunch of bulls screaming. <laughs> well, and that's that's something we need to look at sometime October ish, doing a follow up with you and you yeah. and Case. Yep. Kind of a, a season recap. Absolutely, I'm, I'm going to leave everybody with this: you hunt every single day for these elk. You don't think it's working. It doesn't work till it works. So don't, I, it's amazing how lucky you get when you're putting in the time because it's, 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 it's what I've learned with elk hunting. You just put in the time, you put in the work. It's going to happen eventually. Keep the faith. Yeah, right. 30 seconds can change a hunt. 
It's and they, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And hunt till at, right at dark and then don't, don't give up. Just don't give up. Don't, I mean, golly, don't keep take that faith. Season. It is so easy to go through, you know, uh, like three quarters of your season, nothing's happened and to get lazy and you stop every time you blow a call, every time you make a move, you have to assume it's going to work. And, there, and there, it could just be that bull's day. It could, that's you right. could mess with him every day that season and it just turns on like a light. I'm just, I just, if, if anyone takes anything away from this, you can learn all these different things, but be out there, be, be active and it's going to work. Awesome, man. Thanks, Bo. Yeah, Appreciate absolutely. it, buddy. Thank you.